You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Well met, fellow adventurers. I am in the maze of tents on the battlegrounds, and I'm here to undertake a new adventure called A Grim Proposal. A man who introduces himself as Quivus nods and promptly provides you with the details of a simple but gruesome task. Embark on this adventure. Well, Meandering through the maze of tents just outside the battlegrounds, you're approached by a thin, elderly man in a leather waistcoat. The old man, his bright, wide eyes sparkling late afternoon sun, introduces himself as Kivus and asks if he might have a word with you. Fancy bumping into you on Iron Crown, he says, smiling. Look, why would that surprise me? You've earned your right to make your mark here. I'm ordered to make your acquaintance, Soup. If half of what I've heard of your exploits even approaches the truth, well, what more can I really say? Clifford tells you he's at the battlegrounds to meet up with someone, supposed to help him complete a pressing task. As you may be able to d- discern, he says, the person I came here to find has yet to be found. I, sa- I dare say he may, after all, prove too unreliable. Perhaps you'd like to handle it for me. It's a small thing, really. Doubt you'll have any trouble in it. There's a bit of gold in it for you. Interested? Curious about the nature of this pressing task, you ask him to further explain it. The man who introduces himself as Quithus nods and promptly provides you with the details of a simple but gruesome task. There is a man staying on this island who must be killed, says Quithus. His voice never wavering as he waves, as he wa- lays out the scant 
details of the grim endeavour. You needn't worry yourself over just who he is. You may, but you may believe me when I tell you he's not even worthy. He is not worth even the most miserable portions of his wretched life. Kevis's chilling words delivered without the slightest hint of emotion. Those would, those who would have this done will not entertain questions, he says, as if to dissuade you from asking him about any, any dissuade you from asking about anything about the task. Simple enough, particularly for one of your unquestionability. You will have 200 gold if you see it through. Just two hundred? For murder? Oh, come on, I expect more than that. So I can accept the task and do a murder. Refuse the task don't do a murder. Demand to know more about it and I don't think he's going to tell me anything. Or I could use divination to read his mind. I'll use that. 4xp to divination. You immediately sense that Curvus is lying. A strong aura of evil surrounds the elderly man. Okay. Now, this is not going to be canon. <laughs> I'm going to accept the task. With more than a few reservations. But in a way, you'll ultimately be able to decide whether or not to actually follow through with the mission. You accept the grim task. Kirvis nods in response. You learn that the man you are tasked with killing is currently set up in a tent at the far edge of the battleground's encampment. He's by himself, says Kirvis, matter-of-factly. He's the swine in the thurs. He'll be drunk. He may be sleeping. But he'll most certainly be drunk. Kill him, and you'll have done a great service for all concerned. When it's done, you'll receive your gold. Don't look for me. I'll find you. Do I need not say it? It would be best if you waited until nightfall. Without another word, Kivas turns and strides off through the maze of tents, leaving you with countless unanswered questions and more than a few lingering doubts about the whole affair. Despite your growing uncertainty, you set off for the encampment just after dark, your heart pounding at every step. On the far side of the encampment, only a few yards from the edge of the forest, you come upon the, upon the tent and its lone, fur-clad occupant. The dark-haired, broad-shouldered man is lying on his side, snoring blissfully. You're unable to discern whether or not the man is drunk, but there is every indication that he is soundly asleep, not likely to readily stir. Standing before the sleeping man, you glance over the rest of the camp. The only sign of movement comes from a trio of adventurers sitting around a crackling fire nearly 50 yards distant. You realise that anyone desiring to complete the gruesome mission could do so with relative ease and with very little chance of getting caught. So, these are my three options. Attempt to kill this man in his sleep. Wake the man and warn him about Curvus, or leave and forget about the, th the whole thing. Okay, I'm going for the super bad guy route for this saga, so I'm going to attempt to kill the man in his sleep. You step back from the si silence, still 
Still figure lie on the ground just inside the ca- tent and quickly glance around the encampment. A hasty survey of your dark surroundings seems to confirm that your grim deed has not been witnessed. The fur-clad stranger is dead. The victim of a single vicious blow he likely never felt. With no desire to linger here for even a moment longer, you quickly depart, hugging the edge of the forest until your safety out of the camp. Then, with your heart again pounding, you steal away into the dark, not once daring to look back. As you make your way from the camp, you try to put the matter out of mind. Despite your best efforts, you're unable to shake the nagging suspicion You've only just brushed against the very edge of something vast, dark and dangerous. A thousand unpleasant scenarios play themselves out in your mind, jangling your nerves and leaving you to wonder where, ultimately, the brief chance encounter of the previous afternoon will lead. The next morning, not far far inside the maze of Kent's, you're approached by a young man who tells you Kivas sends his regards. Before you can ask him anything, he slips you a pouch containing 200 gold and strolls off. Still uneasy in your mind about the recent turn of events, you pocket the gold and move about the colourful tents, seeking to clear your thoughts and put all that has taken place over the last short while to some meaningful perspective. The murder of the lone adventure in the encampment remains the foremost topic of conversation in the battlegrounds for quite some time. Various theories and suspicions are put forth, and Zuman even offers a generous reward to anyone able to help and hope find and capture the killer. No killer was ever found, but after only a few months, the incident in the encampment is all but forgotten. Lost amidst the endless bustle and frantic stir, the pit the epitomizes the battlegrounds of Iron Crown Island. And that finishes this adventure for 64 XP to General and Eternal Damnation. Perhaps. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know whether, whether there is a hell in Swithakism. <laughs> There's probably something, because, I mean... Nobody makes a religion without a hell. It's just something you gotta. It's the first thing you think of. Alright, your next adventure is nine days later. Just over a week has passed since the gruesome slaying of a lone adventure in the encampment outside the battlegrounds. Start this adventure. It's been nine days since the body of a murdered adventure was discovered in the encampment outside the battlegrounds. Despite the increased vigilance of the adventurers who frequent the island, the killer has not been found. He's probably closer than you think. You begin to suspect that the murder and the events that took place in its immediate aftermath are slowly fading from the minds of the Isles populace when, while making your way, your way through the deserted northern end of the tent maze, you suddenly find yourself face to face with none other than Kivus. The elderly man, his bony hands resting on his hips, smiles and bows as, bows as, bows as you warily approach. Beautiful day on Iron Crown, he says, 
casting his eyes skyward, his spy broadening, and his eyes reflect, reflecting the unbroken blue canvas that stretches in all directions to the horizon. I believe we shall see fair weather for the next few days, and I'm rarely wrong on such matters. Well, I suppose we shall see. I trust you are keeping well. Curvus looks away from the cloudless sky and settles his unnerving gaze upon you. Much of surprise, Kivus makes no mention of the previous tasks. Instead, speaking swiftly and carefully, informs you he will soon have another mission for you. There is much to be done, so that a great many things can be undone, he says, his voice adopting a sharp, unpleasant edge. You will play a key role in this. Your abilities and your nerve are proven. If you accept and complete the tasks I will soon present to you, you will find yourself justly rewarded and appreciated. Okay, I guess in for a penny, in for a pound, apparently. So tell Curvus you're ready for further tasks. Or I could tell him I want nothing more to do with him. I'm ready for further tasks. Curvus nods then tells you you will soon be contracted. It may not be me, and it may not be here, he says, but you will be found when the time has come for your next task. Farewell, my friend. May the protecting hand of the Allfather keep you safe until we next meet. With that, Curvus turns and heads off towards the portal that will take him to the Misty Lock in Wendemere. When he's no longer in sight, you make your way out of the tent maze and back towards the gates of the battlegrounds. And that finishes that adventure for 64 XP to General and many, many sleepless nights. Okay. The next quest is a winkle. Which is also right here. Weary from having spent a restless, uncomfortable night in the encampment, and now shivering in the unseasonal chill that grips the island, you make your way towards the maze of tents. Oh no, I'm gonna meet... So this can be normal or scaled. I'll do it normal. It doesn't matter since it's not gonna, it's not gonna be saved. You were stir before the sun timidly peered over the shimmering eastern whim of Barrow Lock, wary from having spent a restless, uncomfortable night in the encampment, and now shivering in the unseasonal chill that grips the island, you make your way towards the maze of tents, hoping that a stroll through the brightly arrayed stores hope to buoy your sagging spirits. More than, more than just a chilling, gnawing chill a source to dampen your mood, a vague sense of our knees. The unsettled feelings suggest something is about to happen. It's not left has not left you since last night. It is, by any measure, a nagging, eerie, almost dreadful notion. And one you hope you will see fit to come nothing. As you move into the tent maze, the sense of foreboding renews its grip on your imagination. Wandering through the deserted lanes that divide the colourful tents, you try your best to picture this place as it will be when all of Iron Crown Island is at last awake. 
the quiet emptiness that surrounds you. Entirely at odds with the noise, noisy, cheerful bustle you're attempting to envision seems strangely frightening. You suddenly realise you're not alone here. Your train of thoughts evaporates as your eyes are suddenly drawn to two men standing dust up ahead, their backs pressed against a tall rail fence that edges the lane. Unwilling to let the lurking pair think their presence has startled you, you continue towards them, your keen eyes seeking any sign that might serve to betray their, their intentions. As you draw closer, one of the men, a stout, bearded fellow, raises his white hand and hails you with a friendly wave. You return the gesture and continue in their direction. Your stride relaxed and your demeanour placid, but your guard raised. The shorter of the two men, a thick, balding man, his face covered by a short, cropped black beard, steps up to meet your approach. As he draws up to you, you immediately note he is missing his left hand. The man, his general bearing, revealing the long years he may have spent shouldering, shows you that he and his companion wish to have a word with you. Fancy our luck to find you out and about so early, says. I suppose this stretch will all be a bustle in just a little bit. Well, best just cut to it. Still uncertain about these men and their possible motives, you guardedly listen as the bearded man tells you why he and his companion have come to Iron Crown Isle. The bearded man, having just introduced Sir Tuscar, tells you that his companion's name is Jod. Oh, another Jod! He says that he and Jod managed to observe your most recent encounter with Curvus, and they have come to issue a warning. And to make your proposition, Curvus is a dangerous fellow, says Truscor. But it is the people he represents, the people you never see, who are more dangerous still. Ever heard of an outfit called Dyer? Yes, I thought you might have. I can, I can tell you that they are not only a reality, but a deadly, and dare I say it, emboldened one. There's a law book entry for the Dyer? Dyer is the name ascribed for a group of thieves and assassins that split from the infamous outlaw brotherhood known as the Night Whisperers. While it is commonly believed the Shadow group's numbers are low, Dyer has nevertheless managed to wear to wage a grim, brutal campaign of murder and assassination for nearly a decade. Dyer's activities frequently bring the group into direct conflict with the Night Whisperers. Even the Night Whisperers, Whisperers have found it difficult to compact the activities of the small, scattered group. Dyer's initial endeavours involve the murder of several high-ranking members of the Night Whisperers. The group then established small pockets of operation in all of Tysus' major towns and cities, and began to accept contracts and assignments from a variety of sources. In Trithic, the group immediately found themselves the primary target of Thane Poland's campaign to rid the city of its long entrenched unsavoury elements. Having miscalculated both the Thane's resolve and his resources, 
dire found themselves outmatched against trained warriors. Many of them mercenaries who were instructed to give no quarter. The suspected leader of Dyer, Woodland Huth, was captured by Thane Porn's fortress as he attempted to flee Twithick. He was hanged the day after his capture. Many believe this would shatter the group. But the remnants of the Dyer, still at large, swiftly countered, attempting to assassinate Thane Polland and several of his commanders. The attempted assassinations proved disastrous. The seven assassins involved in the attempts were all captured and hanged before the gates of Twinned Keep. Yeah, don't mess with Thane Polland. <laughs> Following their defeat in Trithic, the surviving members of the Dyer were believed to have fled the city to rejoin with the remaining members of their small brotherhood in other parts of the kingdom. Tuscar told you that Dyer, a sinister group that splintered from the Night Whispers, is once again operating throughout Tosa nefariously imposing its cruel will through a grim campaign of intimidation, brutality and murder. Most everyone believed the diet had been broken in Twithic, said Truscar. Thane Porrand and his men waged a war against the group, ultimately catching and hanging its leader, Wayland Humph. The death of Willand was thought to mean the end of Dyer. Those who remained loyal Loyal to the murderous group, attempted to assassinate the Thane and several of his commanders. But to doubt Porrin's resolve or readiness was to prove their undoing. Tuscar tells you the assassins who made an attempt on the Thane and his commanders were captured and summariously put to death, hanged before the gates of Twinned Keep. They hung there for an entire day, says Tuscar. It was a gruesome display and not something anyone of this day and age is accustomed to witnessing. Still, the capture and killing of the seven assassins might well proved, proved to be one of, the, one of the few true successes in the good Thane's ceaseless war against the Vernim that streams out of the Adderstone's underbelly. Tuscar quickly points out, despite having been soundly defeated on the streets of Twithick, a handful of dire surviving members, including the man you know as Curvus, fled the city and vanished. We have been following Curvus for over years, says Kruskar. When he fled from Twithick, we lost his trail. As old as he is, we, as old as he is, we believe he might have died. But we recently learned that he is alive, as you well know. We need your help, Soup. We need you to help us strike a blow from which the dire, from which dire will not recover. As if having anticipated the question you are about to ask him, Tusco tells you he and Jod are member of an order known as the Black Wit. You immediately recognise the name, recalling several incidents over the last few years involving the group. Okay, there's a link for the Black Wit too. The Black Wit is a band of self-proclaimed agents of law and order have long waged a battle against some of the more sinister groups operating throughout the North Broadlands. 
The name is said to come from a secret writ that serves as the organisation's char- charter, a document that codifies the group's tenets. While many are quick to applaud the Black Wit, citing their valiant, unflinching stand against organisations like the Night Whisperers and Dyer, there is a growing concern regarding the group's tactics, which often resemble the brutal measures taken by the very entities to which they are opposed, after a series of bloody battles in Gladwung's End in Twithick, against a purported nest of Night Whisperers, the Black the Black Wit found itself under the unwelcome scrutiny of Fame Poland. The Fame declared Black Wit to be outlaws and swiftly and decisively moved against the secretive group. For several me- weeks, members of the Black Wit were hunted down and hauled into the dungeons beneath Twinned Keep. The group's suspected leader, a rugged swordsman by the name of Euthro, was captured as he attempted to rescue several of his imprisoned cohorts. Yutho was taken to Talnus and tried for his alleged crimes, but when he managed to escape, escape his bonds and make, make an attempt on Thane Poland's life, he was retaken and summarily hanged. It's believed that the death of Yutho ended the end of the Black Wit. Little has been heard of the group since. Yeah, yeah, don't. Mess with Thane Poland. That's that's probably the number one rule in Tosa. Don't mess with Thane Poland. Which also means since don't mess with Zoop because he works with he works alongside him a lot. Most most think we scattered the wings when you when our leader, Yuthmo, was hanged, says Tuska, we are not gone. It should come as no great surprise there aren't many of us left. We're good people, Zoop, like yourselves. Our methods may not be perfect, but let there be no shadow cast on the ends towards which we stride. Where the established law and order have failed, we have taken up and carried on the fight. Dyer is our target. Those empowered, have you believed, Dyer is gone, defeated, no longer a threat to anyone. We know otherwise, and need your help to land what will be a killing blow. Despite what Tuscar has just told you, you can't help but recall several gruesome tales involving the violent measures employed by the Black Wit in their self-directed crusade against their enemies. Apparently sensing your apprehension, Tuscar tells you that under Euphro's leadership, the Black Wit did employ tactics that he and others found not to their liking. Despite this, he says that Euthro's commitment, commitment to the defeat of the Dyer and other sinister entities must not be overlooked. We've stumbled since his death last spring, he says. We've come close to disbanding several times, but our desire to see through Euphro's wish for the good of all, has kept us going. Let the end of the, the end of Dyer be a bold pronouncement of our continuation. I ask that you help us, Oop. With you, we can realise what has always just slipped through our gasp. Tuscar to- tells you that to join him and his associates of the Black Wit in their battle against Dyer 
With your help, we'll break them, he says, and drive them into the ruin they so readily inflict upon others. Please consider this carefully, Zoop. We will not make such an offer a second time. A fateful decision. Inexplicably, you feel your destiny may in some way be linked to the choice you're about to make. Okay, I'll help the Black Wit against the Dire. Tuskadar, who's a match reduction more subdued than you anticipated, simply nods and tells you he had no doubt you would be up for such a dangerous endeavour. Much to surprise, however, he leans in and issues you what can only be described as a stern warning. You must distance yourself from Curvus should you find yourself drawn into any such circumstances. When the time is right, we will make our move, and until then, we can do nothing that might compromise our campaign. There are too many lives at stake not to take every possible precaution. Tuskar tells you that you will be found when you are needed. Both he and Jod thank you and remind you to be on your guard. With that, the two men depart, Tuskar walking several yards ahead of Jod as they warily make their way out of the tents. When both men are out of sight, you continue on your way through the maze of tents, wondering where all of this will ultimately lead, and hoping you've made the right choice. Having reached the far end of the tent, you turn and begin heading towards the entrance, only to suddenly find yourself face to face with Curvus, the elderly man. His thin face, creased by a broad, friendly smile, tells you it is a small task for you. Tuffus hands you a sealed note and tells you it needs to be delivered to a man named Perrin Marsfoot in Westmere. He quickly describes the location of the house in which you'll find the man and instructs you to hand him the note and remain there while he reads it. It would be best to deliver the note after dark, he says. There are a number of reasons for this, perhaps the most pressing argument for operating under Knight's gracious cloak is that you must kill him once he's wed it. It does not matter how it happens, but Pur in Marshfoot, the spirit trader, must be dead before sunrise tomorrow. Your head swims as you contemplate the gravity of the mission Curvus has just laid out for you. Well, I'm I'm going the bad route, so accept the task. Curvus nods and walks away, leaving you alone with the sealed note. When he is no longer in sight, you set off to prepare for your short journey to Westmere. As dusk gives way to night, you steal out of the misty lock onto the streets of Westmere, bound for the location described to you by Kivus. Only a short while later, you find yourself standing on the broad stone steps of a grand residence in the town's northern quarter. It seems that Perrin Marshford, the spirit trader you've come here to find, kill possesses considerable wealth you promptly climb the steps and are about to rap on the door when the heavy oaken slack suddenly springs open there framed in the doorway shoulders nearly as wide as the opening and his gloved hand resting on the pommel of his sheathed blade is a glaring intimidating figure the man apparently a guard demands to know the nature of it visit he seems immediately suspicious even after you reveal the sealed note and tell him you're to deliver it to Pirin Marshfoot. A voice from somewhere behind the guard shatters the awkward silence of the last few moments 
The guard steps aside as a thin man appears in the doorway. He greets you in a friendly manner and introduces himself as Purin Marsfoot. You promptly hand him the note. Purin breaks the seal and unfolds the note. His glittering eyes widen and all colour drains from his face as he stares down at the piece of clay paper clutched in his trembling hands. He orders the armed men at his side to attack you as he swiftly retreats in, into the residence without questioning the directive. The guard, the guard draws his sword and attacks. The guard, his demeanour one of grim determination, curses as he assails you with his blade, wielding the deadly weapon with a remarkable degree of skill. Due to the ferocity attack, and of his obvious attempt, attempt to kill you, you cannot attempt to subdue him. With your heart pounding, you adeptly counter his attack. Here we are. It's a guard. I have to kill him. I have to kill again. Well, I don't have to. <laughs> but I, well, I didn't have to, but now I have to. The guard swipes to you this short blade. I finish off in battle wage. I didn't want to kill two people. I only wanted to kill one person. <laughs> two XP. The guard slumps onto the steps, his sword slipping from his hand and clattering onto the cobbled lane below. Pirin Marshfoot, the man you were sent here to kill, has fled into the house and is now nowhere in sight. Well, I've already murdered once, might as well carry on. Enter the house to find and kill Perrin. You enter the house and move from room to room. Your every sense alert for any sign of your target. In a small room at the back of the second level of the weddings, you find Perrin cowering against the far wall. He immediately begs you to spare his life. Then, without warning, as if he believes you will not entertain his pleas, which I wasn't going to, he draws a dagger and lunges at you, stabbing out wildly. So I can counter his attack or flee from the house. Counter his attack! The spirit merchant, his eyes wide with terror, stabs at you with his dagger. This is Perrin Marshfoot. I I can kill him or subdue him. What happens if I subdue? Just curious. Perrin stabs at you with his dagger. And he is subdued. 1xp. You leave Perrin Marshfoot severely battered but still very much alive, and swiftly exit the residence. As you move onto the steps just outside the front door, you spot the wax-sealed wax note given to you by Curvus. The note cast aside by Perrin when he fled back into the house. Curious, you pick up the note and read it. Your pulse quickens as your eyes carefully scan the neat, flowing script inked onto the rough sheet. The man delivering this note is here to kill you. Shocked by the bold, wecklessness exhibited in the note, you pocket it immediately set off along the lane. Certain the Quivers will not be happy to learn that Pirin Marshfoot was left alive. Ah, oh dear, I thought, no, no, no chance to undo that now. The night, br the night deepens as you slip furtively through the streets of Westmere, bound for the misty lock. Upon arriving at the tavern, you promptly call for ale and spend the next small while struggling to consume 
the bitter, unpleasant drink. Despite its unsavoury nature, the ale serves to soothe your nerves as you attempt to put the events of the evening into some meaningful perspective. Alas, with only a drop of ale remaining at the bottom of your flagon, you head into the cellar and make for the portal that will take you to Iron Crown Island. You only hope that the familiar bustle of the battlegrounds will help you to put tonight's endeavour out of mind. 128 experience to general, and that finishes this adventure. Ah, uh, dear. Hmm. I, I, I cannot continue working for the dire now. So, I'm going to quit without saving. I'm going to pause it while I murder my way. Murder my way to the... To where I was. So I can get back to the murdering. No mercy. Okay, I'm back to peering Marshfoot. Uh, did it take very long when you didn't actually read any of the stuff? And now, to kill him. As I was told to do by some obviously evil person. He stabs you with his dagger and is slain. 1 XP. Poe and Marshfoot lies dead at your feet. You step back from the body and spend several moments listening intently for any sign of movement within the house. When you're certain you're indeed alone here, you swiftly leave the womb and exit the residence. As you move on to the steps just outside the front door, you spot the wax-sealed note given to you by Kivas, the note cast aside by Poen when he fled back into the house. Curious, you pick up the note and weed it. Your pulse quickens as your eyes quickly scan the sheet. The neat, flowing script inked onto the rough sheet. The man delivering this note is here to kill you. Shocked by the bold recklessness exhibited in the note, you pocket it and immediately set off along the lane. Certain Curvus will soon learn of Perrin Marshwood's death. The night deepens as you slip furtively through the streets of Westmere, bound for the misty lock. Upon arriving at the tavern, you call for ale. You promptly call for ale and spend the next small while sorting to consume the bitter, unpleasant drink. Despite its unsavoury nature, the ale serves to soothe your nerves as you attempt to put the events of the evening into some meaningful perspective. At last, with only a drop of ale remaining at the bottom of your flagon, you head into the cellar and make for the portal that will take you to Iron Crown Island. You hope the familiar bustle of the battlegrounds will hope you to put tonight's endeavour out of mind. 128 experience to general, and that finishes this adventure. Okay, and there, there's two... There's two, there's two different quests I can do now. I can do Bones and Dusk, all the first of three. Bones and Dusk, that is a task for the Black Wit. And the first of three is a task for the, for Dyer. Yeah. Yes, yes. So that that's that's how this saga does. It splits up. 
you've got the dire, who are killers, murderers, assassins, de- definitely unambiguously bad guys. And you have the Black Wits, who are fighting against the dire and other things, but mainly focusing on dire. And sometimes they go a bit too far. And sometimes they get a bit pumped up on their own righteousness. But for the purpose of this adventure, I'm siding with the dire. Even though on most of my characters, I just ignore this entire, entire saga. Because there's no way to go for it without people dying. You just can't. Alright, leaving the aisle. So the next quest is in Twithic. Okay, and there I am. I am in Twithic. Now, I'm not saving. Not saving. Because none of this will have happened. The first of three. The man you know as Kevus pauses. It seems to give... Give a moment's consideration, someone spoke in notion. Then, with no hint of inflection in his voice, he tells you all three must meet their end before the summer is out. Alright, be normal or scout, I do it normal. If we return to Trithic at the onset of summer, concise with with Twenbeb, a celebrity festival that has transformed the familiar and somewhat grim visage of the Wilverport into a cheerful sprawl of banner-lined streets. The festival, an annual s- tradition that celebrates the recession of the s- swing sprawling weather with the twind, is as large and jovial as anyone you can remember. For you, hopelessly wary from the recent adventures throughout the kingdom, the festival is a welcome change of place. As you wander the bustling streets of the Adderstone, your senses take you in their fill of sights, sounds and smells of the festival. You begin to feel the last traces of your weariness swiftly melting away. You wander onto Stone Path Lane, curious to observe a troop of minstrels performing a comical sketch involving four of their members dressed to look like Thane Pond. Okay, how 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 does this work? <laughs> As you as you draw up to the back of the crowd surrounding the makeshift stage upon which the act is taking place, you certainly realise your visit to Twithic is about to take an unpleasant turn. Moving along behind the gathering cloud, crowd, paying no attention to the spectacle taking place on a nearby stage, is none other than Kivus, the elderly man, his softened, almost kindly demeanour odds with the grim business his appearances inevitable, invariably portend, strolls up to you and smiles. The silent greeting simultaneously repulses and frightens you. It's good that we have met here, he says, glancing about, as if by here he was referring to the bustle of the festival. You're most certainly right for Stugeny, though I think. At present, there's little chance for an unwanted eye upon you. Us, I've something for you. Another task is now laid before you, says Kervis, taking great care as he utters each symbol. You first are impressed. Those whose favour you would be wise to value. This could be more than could be said for, for he who preceded you. 
there are three of those fates you will meet. I don't, I don't for a moment suppose there is, for you, any trouble in this. The man you know as Kivas pauses and seems to give a moment's consideration to unspoken notion. Then, with no hint of inflection in his voice, he tells you all three must meet their end before the summer is out. You will find the first of the three in the forest outside Merksbrook. He, he is as dangerous a sort as you would want to find, but I have no doubt, no doubt, you will, pro you will again prove yourself worthy of our trust. Kivas tells you that the man you are to dispatch, the man whose name is not revealed, resides in a cabin just east of Merksbrook in the thick of a swampy part of the forest known as Beggar's Bog. He will be armed and watchful, he says. It's important that he does not escape from you. That is the most important. If you think you can put him down quickly enough, then so be it. However, you may find something like this to be of use. Here, take it. The old man hands you a small vial, filled with a thin clear liquid. Find a way to slip him a bit of that and your trouble will be less, he says. If you do make use of it, make certain he's finished before you leave. He must not slip away. Make certain of it. If he, can't, if he, if he gets away, he will most assuredly go or we cannot hope to follow. I have a vial of clear liquid. An encumbrance of one. This is the vial of the thin, clear liquid given to you by Curvus. Who, not certain, you believe that the liquid is some sort of deadly poison. Yeah, I thought that. You listen carefully as Curvus describes to you the precise location of the cabin. He tells you the man you're to dispatch will likely be alone. And, will, and you will recognise him at a glance, for he is never seen without three daggers strapped across his chest. You ask Curvis who the man is, but without answering, he turns and strides off along the street. In a matter of moments, he is out of sight. Despite your many unanswered questions, you realise if you are to attempt to see this task through, your next move will be to head to Mugsborough without delay. Alright, embark on this grim task. Through low to leave the happy fest festivi festivities of the twin, twin deb behind, particularly, particularly to attend to such a ghoulish task. You at once set out about preparing for the journey to Mixbrook. Late in the afternoon, two days after meeting Curvis and Twithick, you're moving along an overgrown forest road east of the smaller Witherport. Your eyes peel for any sign of the target's isolated abode. It takes you only a short while to locate the cabin described to you by Curvus. On a tangled hillside, less than 50 yards from the wham, the wham shackle log structure, you settle in and begin scouring the immediate area for any sign of the man you've been sent here to kill. Just as a late afternoon rain shower has begun to relent, you catch your gl first glimpse of the intended victim. The cabin door creaks and swings open, revealing a grey-haired man, tall and thin, 
with an intense gaze that immediately betrays both an acute wariness and an unflinching resolve. As you quietly observe the grey-haired man from your hidden vantage, you recall Covis's description of him. He's as dangerous a sort as you would want to find. He will be armed and watchful. As you step out, as the man steps out from the doorway and moves over to a tall bower, you quickly take note of the three daggers strapped across the front of his leather waistcoat. A short sword and a fourth dagger are slung from his belt. Despite his advanced age, his long, sinewy arms hint at the formidable strength yet at his disposal. The man dips a wooden cup into the bow and draws it back up full of water. After several long droughts, the majority of which seems to spill down over his waistcoat, he appears ready to step back into the cabin, when the sound of an approaching wagon suddenly echoes throughout the surrounding forest. The man strides up to where the road is nearest the structure and sets his eyes on the hips hips and watches the wagon, drawn by a pair of heavy horses, rattles into view. The wagon rolls to a stop and two men climb out of the back and begin unloading a large number of wooden planks. No one speaks and the driver, who never leaves his seat, seems agitated, almost nervous, as the men hurriedly unburden the wagon. When at last the wagon is empty, the men climb in and the driver flicks the reins. The wagon lurches about as it turns and clatters back along the road. Your intended victim steps over the stacked planks and examines them before making his way back inside as afternoon begins its rapid transformation into dusk. Shortly after sunset, the lone, flickering light inside the cabin, too dim to be of any use to the structure's occupants, is clearly is clearly visible from your perch on the hillside. But clearly visible from your perch on the hillside goes out, realizing the cover of night will offer you the best chance for success at this grim task that lies ahead of you. You allow the gloom to deepen as you contemplate your next course of action. As you continue to observe the cabin for any sign of movement from within, you find yourself fingering the vial given to you by Curvus. Your eyes immediately dart to the water-filled barrow just outside the door of the cabin, and a sinister notion springs to mind. So, I can attempt to poison my target using the vial, attempt to ambush the target, or... Leave and abandon the task. Nope, nope, I've decided to be a bad guy. I'm not abandoning it. Let's be a... Alright, I've been a murderer. Let's be a poisoner as well. Hopping. Hope, hoping to slip, slip up to the cabin door and empty the vial into the barrel of water. You sneak forward through the gloom. Picking a number. Bonus of 40. 20 from thievery. 10 from agility. 10 from luck. Got to get... 75 or more, or I don't know, I'll wake him up or something. Pick now. 136 success. 32 experience to thievery. You steal up to the cabin door and quickly empty the contents of the vial into the water filled barrel. Then, 
pray you haven't been heard, you turn and creep back through the gloom to the nearby hillside, silently cursing the onset of, of a cool drizzle as you prepare to watch and wait. Your grim, rain-shipped vigil ends just after the dawn has broken. The man you last observed last evening emerges from the cabin and immediately steps up to the bow. After several long droughts from his wooden cup, he suddenly turns and flashes his piercing and motionless gaze in your direction, as if suddenly aware of your presence. A thousand unsettling thoughts race through your mind as you remain crouched on the side of the hill, not daring to move or even return. The icy stare still fixed on you. Then, the next instant, the fears evaporate. The man stumps down next to the barrel and rolls onto his back. He does not move again. You cautiously approach the body, eager to determine if the man been sent here to kill is actually dead. You step, step up to his corpse and stare down in shock at the swift and horrifying transformation coming over his remains. Oh, oh no, what, what have I done? What have I done? flesh on the, the face of the dead man begins to whipple and bubble. A putrid stench rises into the air as every inch of his skin swivels and peels back, revealing withered chunks of rotting flesh clinging to his bones. In a matter of moments, the corpse of the grey-haired man has, has come to resemble the remains of someone long dead. Okay, that, that is one heck of a poison. Oh, dude, dude, dude. Okay, I'm gonna wash my hands a lot. A lot. Now, I'm gonna wash my hands a lot. Horrified by having witnessed the gruesome transformation, you turn and swiftly move away from the cabin, eager to put considerable distance between yourself and the grim scene. Within an hour, you're making your way along the eastern end of Mugspool's main thoroughfare. Despite the distinct change to your surroundings, your thoughts continue to linger on the cabin in Beggar's Bog. You half expected to encounter Kivas upon your arrival in the Witherport, and with each step, you find yourself studying those who move past, tending to their own errands, seeking any sign of the elderly man. After allowing yourself a brief respite in the Black Hearth, an alehouse near the city's east edge, the east gate, you promptly arrange for passage aboard a coach bound for Twithick. With any any luck, you should arrive in Adderstone in time to enjoy the last two days of the Twindeb. And that finishes this adventure for 128 experience to general. Alright, so I can still do Bones and Dusk, or I can move on to the second of three, which is also in Twithic, where I am right now. Okay, second of three, crouched at the base of a leaning oak, you watch as a lone rider, his steed's hoof prints pounding out a steady within appears around a bend in the road. Okay, but I guess that will be for the next episode. 
And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.